Hello, Nathan Drake. Hey, how's it going? I'm good, man. How you doing today? I'm good. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to One More Thing, a bonus podcast episode from My Seminary Life, where we go a little bit deeper into our most current conversation. And recently, we had our one-year anniversary special episode, and my wife was on the show to talk about this season of Lent that we're going through. We talked about the readings we've been doing, uh, just our general posture, things that we're fasting from. And today, I wanted to go a little bit deeper into this conversation on Lent by having Nathan Drake of Reawaken Hymns here to talk about their latest album, Hymns of Lent. So Nathan, thanks for being on the show to talk about the new album. Thanks for having me. No problem. So before we get into the actual album itself, I wanted to give you an opportunity to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, who you are, and also what is Reawaken Hymns? Because from the looks of it, you guys are a little bit more than just a, uh, a group of people recording hymns. There's a lot of ministry that's going out from Reawaken Hymns. Yeah, so uh, Reawaken Hymns is, I mean, it's kind of the core of it now is, is the website, um, and it's ministry resources for uh, churches and worship leaders and individuals as well. Uh, yeah, I just take, uh, by the way, the, the music itself is 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 me, so there's no team okay. on that part. Unfortunately, I really wish there was, because <laughs> it's a lot of work, but um, I, but say, I do man, work. The- it sounds really good. So good on you for what's coming thank out. You. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, but I do work with two authors who write uh, the devotionals for what we're currently doing, which is the Trinity Project. So, okay. yeah. Th- so that's what Reawakenings is in general. It started as a YouTube channel. Now it's a website and just a place for people to go get resources uh, to lead hymns in their modern worship services. Nice. I uh, I've listened to... I've listened to the Lent album, and one thing that I appreciate that you guys are doing with Reawaken Hymns is your, or that you're doing with Reawaken Hymns, said it again, that you're doing is that. You can say say we, there's (laughs) other people involved, there always is. But uh, the thing I appreciate is that I can sometimes be that proverbial old man shaking his fist at the clouds when we uh, start singing hymns, but we only sing the... Um, versions that have, you know, the new verse or the new chorus or the new bridge. Uh, You're really focusing on just taking the classic hymns and putting it into modern day worship music style tone without really changing too much of the actual lyrics of it. Yeah, you could have read that straight off my website. (laughs) That's that's exactly what what I see. Now I'm saying where you confused me. I'm going to go with we. I'm going to go with we as if there's a giant team because that sounds nice. Uh, that right. is exactly what we're doing. So uh, I don't find anything necessarily wrong with like the uh, rewritten hymns or the hymns that have added choruses sure. and such. And I think those have a place for sure. Mm-hmm. But when I started Reawaken Hymns way back in the day, I was looking for modern versions of hymns to play at my own church. And sure. that was all I could find was those changed ones or those ones with the added things to them. And that's fine, but that's not what I wanted. And that's kind of mm-hmm. not what the purpose of me using them in the church was in the first place. So I was like, okay, I'll just kind of make my own thought other people could use them. So I put them on the internet and then 
that's that's what happened. That's awesome. Yeah, there are a few out there that I'm totally fine with. You know, I think of like uh, Chris Tomlin or even Todd Agnew's versions of Amazing Grace. But then there's like there's a version of In Christ Alone where you have to sing oh oh oh, and I'm just not here for it. I'm just gonna be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I feel I, there's like. I mean, if we're going to be honest about this, your listeners won't tell anybody. It's okay. If we're going right. to be honest about it, I, you know, like 20% of those, I would probably play in church. 80% are just there. I mean, again, from a purely theological or philosophical standpoint, there's nothing wrong with them, but True. So, oh, so often they sound like two songs smashed together. The really good ones. Um, the really good ones are the ones that sound like a full song, like Jesus paid it all by Kristen Stanfield with that awesome bridge. Like I love that okay. version. Yeah. Um, or Shane and Shane have a good chorus for Be- before the throne. I don't personally like it because that mm-hmm. song already has a chorus. So I don't know why you'd add another one, but there are, there okay. are good versions <laughs> of that stuff, but <laughs> nice. All right. So looking at the album now itself. So the story of how I came across this album is for the first time in history, I actually benefited from a Facebook ad. I was just scrolling (laughs) Facebook about a month or two ago, and I saw an ad for this album. It's free, which is all the right words to use on an ad campaign. (laughs) And so I went and I downloaded it. And I think the first thing that really caught my eye about this is, you know, I'm, I'm not a musician. I'm not a worship leader. My brother is. But I listen to my fair share of Christian music. And it is very common in Christian music and really even in just mainstream regular old music, it's very common to have a Christmas album. You know, if you've been in Christian music for a long time, you might have several Christmas albums. Stephen Curtis Chapman's got like five or something, but to do something for Easter and even more specifically for Lent, you don't see that very often. So what is the inspiration behind wanting to release something for Lent? Yeah. Um, also, let me just say, I hate making Facebook ads. So <laughs> <laughs> I know they annoy me too. And it's so it's because I, I make them because I, I, I didn't want to make them. And then somebody who's really wise told me they're like, you're making these products. You think they'll help people. Right. I'm like, yeah. And they can't see them right now. Yeah. And they can see them with an ad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. I'll be careful. You know, you know, cause you just want, you just want the people who need it to see it and sometimes you got to put out ads and however gross that is whatever okay sorry back to the hymns of lint i had to i had to put that disclaimer that's fine (laughs) back to hymns of lint um yeah you're totally right christmas is like the one season where there's different songs which is both interesting and strange (laughs) but yeah if you came up in a um, maybe Catholic background or a more liturgical Protestant background, like maybe Lutheran or something, you mm-hmm. probably got a little more used to kind of different hymns being sung during Lent too. I was not brought up either of those, so I was not used to this, but okay. looking through these hymns um, and I'm kind of going through these lists of hymns to do. And I find all these ones that are very, I mean, dark, honestly, I'm not sure a better, better word for it. They're, they're very solemn. Um, and they're not hymns that I might use all year, but they're fantastic hymns. And a lot of them were written very much specifically for the season of Lent. Okay. So I thought, you know, well, I mean, there's no reason that we can't do these modern and we can't do these in modern services. So, so mm-hmm. I started doing them. I started working on them and now they're some of my favorite songs. I, I also really like 
minor dark songs, but that's just me being weird. So yeah, like stricken, smitten, and afflicted is like oh, sure. so good. The words that him are amazing, and I'd never heard it before. And I'm like, why have I never heard this before? A big part of that is because it was a Lent song. A lot of modern Protestant churches kind of threw away Lent. So yeah, I uh, much like you, I did not grow up practicing Lent. I was not part of like a Lutheran or a Catholic church growing up. So when I saw an album for the Lent season, I'm thinking to myself, oh, these are going to be like hymns I've never heard of before, which is definitely the case for a few of these, like mm -hmm. uh, Stricken, what was the one? Stricken, Smitten, and Afflicted. Like I'd yeah. never heard of that one. But yeah. then songs like Man of Sorrows and There is a Fountain, those, mm -hmm. I, those I did grow up singing. Yeah, yeah. And the, yeah, the, those are kind of the crossover ones, like, there's three three on that album, so it's five songs. There's three that are very much like Lint specific. It's uh, Stricken, Smitten, and Inflicted, Oh Sacred, Head Now Wounded. These both completely sound like Lint songs. And He Died For Me, which mm -hmm. I found is the least known hymn of all of them. I did a poll and that nobody knew that one, and I didn't know it before I learned it either. So those are very Lint focused. But then there's also these ones that work fantastic for Lint, but we use all year, like There's a Fountain, Man of Sorrows, also ones like Nothing But the Blood. Um Sure. Or G Jesus paid it all. Great Lent hymns. Yeah, I was thinking, um, I guess it would be a little bit more of an Easter song, but like Christ the Lord is risen today would be another one that like, I guess that's the uh, the conclusion to yeah. it all. Is that's after the big party through, at the end. <laughs> yeah, after you go, go through this season of, um, I always have this picture in mind for Lent, this uh, season of wilderness of just, reflecting on the affliction of Christ, but also our own affliction as we, you know, fast from dif different things uh, to draw nearer to him. And yeah, these songs have really helped my wife and I to kind of hit that tone. Cause you are right. They, they're darker. They're not like Christmas songs. They are, no. <laughs> these are darker tone songs. Yeah, definitely. Definitely darker tone. And like he died for me and, Strig and Smith and probably O Sacred Head too. Those I probably wouldn't play any other time of the year. Um, Strig and Smith and I might just because it's so awesome and it's it's so <laughs> theologically dense that there's a lot going on there. But he died for me and O Sacred Head are so visceral and so mm -hmm. just straight up about Christ's suffering that it's a wonderful thing to focus on during Lent and not a bad thing to focus on the rest of the year. But we tend to go with songs that focus on that in a more grateful light if you will or a more celebratory light whereas sure. these are very much like all right let's just sit in the in the suffering for a while which i think is uh, is kind of where like as me as a protestant who didn't grow up uh with a catholic or liturgical background that's what lint kind of is to me it's not like a time to give up meat or anything like that for sure. me it's a time to just kind of sit in that uncomfortable place that we don't often sit in because to be honest, most of our churches have a torture device displayed in the front of your church. Like we don't right. think about that, but that's exactly what happened. And so just for these six weeks, you know, sometimes mm -hmm. it's good to just say, okay, it was my sin that put him on that cross. Yeah. I've, I've heard it said before and I don't know, I don't know who originally said this, um, but it something to the effect of as Protestants, we rush to Easter. It, it makes sense. Like we want yeah. to get to the good part, but we don't, we don't leave Jesus on the cross. Like 
at least in my growing up in the church, the Good Friday service was optional. That wasn't like you had to go to the Good Friday service, even though you have to have the Good Friday service in order to get to Easter. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not to sound too sassy, but um, Good Friday service doesn't draw in the crowds. (laughs) Easter does. (laughs) So, you know, that's, I don't, I'm not trying to be mean, but, you know, in the kind of seeker culture that, probably we both grew up in when we were growing up in churches was very focused on what could bring in outside people. And Lent is not very attractive when you're talking about someone dying, you know? Right. Yeah. So how did you come across these songs? Did you go to uh, Catholic hymnals and liturgical readings to find these? Like, how did you arrive at these five songs for the album? So, uh, actually these, so these five are actually from the full length album of hymns of the sun, which came out okay. today, today, by the way, I'm exhausted right. currently <laughs> today's a really stay for hymns of the sun. I know, um, which is part of the Trinity project, which I bet you can guess the three parts of that hymns of the father, hymns of the sun, hymns of the spirit. Each of those are 20 hymns. Currently we're working on hymns of the sun came out today. And yes. as we were picking songs for hymns of the sun, these just kind of ended up in there um, and they're songs I've done before. I'll talk about how I originally found them in a, a bit, but we these songs ended up in there because they're about the sun. And we looked and we're like, hey, there's five songs in here that are like so good for Lent that we, you know, I just want people to have these for Lent. So we put out a whole separate thing that was hymns of Lent. Um, originally, most of them, I think, I mean, there's a found and man of sorrows. I knew just, you know, from everywhere, sure. but those other three, I think all three of them might've been suggested to me, honestly, like okay, um, people comment on my YouTube videos and say, Hey, do this one, do that one. And I think all three of them people had suggested. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, that, that makes it easier. That's it why does. People it should, does. <laughs> that's why people should use the comment section. That's a great way to actually use a comment section on social media to give yeah. good suggestions <laughs> like that. It is one of the few good ways. <laughs> right. Well, man, this has been really encouraging to to me today to have this uh, short conversation with you. I've really enjoyed this album. My wife and I have listened to it. You know, it's so short. We've listened to it almost every day because the thing that we've given up this year for Lent has been the right to choose to listen to mainstream music. You know, when we're out in public, when we're out in public, we can't control what's being played, but you know, when we're on Spotify, YouTube, listening to the radio in the car, because I'm an old man, you know, we're choosing to listen to uh, sacred music, worship music. And so this album has come out at a perfect time for us to keep our, you know, to kind of put together our worship theology, shine up our worship theology a little bit of, you know, even there's even songs about the suffering of our savior. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So if people wanted to get a hold of the album or the full length uh, Hymns of the Sun project, where can they go to find this stuff? Uh, com is where everything is. And uh, just move Hymns of Lent somewhere. So I'll have to make sure that's still available. Oh, yeah, it's still on there. If you go to free stuff on my website. Yeah. So go to com, and you can find both those things. And there's a whole bunch of stuff under that free tab, isn't it? Mostly for worship leaders, right? Mostly for worship leaders, yeah. But there's like uh, the Hymns of Lent, which is a devotional and such. And there's also like free worship pads and things like that. 
Nice. Well, I've got one more question for you before we bail out of this episode. When Mm -hmm. I first looked you up, for whatever reason, the first hit on Google was your LinkedIn profile. I don't know why that was the first hit. Seriously? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) And I went, I I clicked and I read it and, um, you know, it had all the right proper, you know, worship leader, reawaken hymns, blah, blah, blah. But it also mentioned that you're a pretty big geek. So I'm... (laughs) I'm curious. I'm also a really big geek, so I'm curious what uh what geeky things are you into? Oh, I'm amazed my LinkedIn came up. <laughs> I haven't updated it in a while. <laughs> uh, I am in. The, um, let's see, my realms of geekiness. Well, there are a lot. There are a lot. I, the one, okay. the one big one that I'm not into that most people are is video games. But okay. I love comic books. I love Legos. I love. I'm kind of. I'm a bit of a Trekkie. If we're going to be honest about it. Okay. Um. I don't know. You could probably name anything and most things and it would board games. We have a huge board game collection. Oh, nice. Yeah. I, uh, I'm actually on another podcast called systematic geekology and that's all that we do. We talk about, uh, geeky st- stuff that we love, comic books, Marvel movies, star Wars, stuff like that. And then, uh, take any themes that come up in it and look at it from a scripture point of view. So, Oh, you're going to, I'm going to have to be on that podcast. <laughs> dude, dude I'll, I'll hook you up. That. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Well, hey man, I got to, I got the hookup for you. So Sweet. we'll do that. Um, well, hey everyone. Thanks for listening to this bonus episode and make sure, seriously, make sure you go check out that album. If anything, it's free. It's good music, but it is free. So go check it out. Uh, check out all the other resources on Reawaken Hymns. If you're new to the show, you can find My Seminary Life on any podcast platform that you get your shows usually on. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at My Seminary Life Pod. Thanks again for listening. And remember, keep on studying.